I was gonna ask Corbin. His photo reminded me. Did you see what um? Did you see what Sean Penn said about um the Oscar slap? About like melting down his Oscars and fighting <laughs> Russia or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That's some actor bullshit right there. I love. He it. also said something really fucking weird. He wanted about... to like have if Zelensky was at the Oscars, it wouldn't have happened. It right. That's what he was saying. Will Smith would have felt the spirit of Ukraine. I I don't really know. What a guy. Wow. He also said at one point that like if, if like David Zaslav wants his AI to like take a screening of him, then he gets a digital copy of his daughters. And it was like, oh, like that's a weird thing to say. You don't, have to, you don't have to word it like that, man. Listen, man, he helped us with COVID. <laughs> he gave us some money, got the vaccines out there. Well, on that note, I think we should uh, definitely get into things. I hope that's all stays in. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Hello, and welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about the 2024 Oscar nominees. We're doing it way earlier than we probably should be. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's a vocal, and joining me, future streaker at the 2028 Oscars, I'm calling my shot right now, Cody Webb. Cody, what's going on, man? (laughs) Going great. I don't hate that bet. Uh, I put a dollar on it. It could come back. Who knows? But uh, I'm excited to be back, man. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes of the year. And I think it's it's kind of even crazier this year. Should, so it should be a ton of fun. But yeah, I'm pumped. I think the uh, competition is going to be very tight. And of course, we've got some great competitors. As always, we've got our Oscar nominees guy, the man who will go on a Friday afternoon to just check out a 1984 Dutch animated short film about two old sisters or something uh, just because it was nominated for an Oscar. That's the only reason. This is the guy, he's an expert. He's also kicked our ass twice in the game. Welcome back, Carter Sims. Carter, what's going on, man? I'm glad you've been checking out my letterbox this week. I stay updated. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Uh, the odds of Cody winning this year are near zero. Ooh. Oppenheimer <laughs> reference. All right. And there's a chance. <laughs> this guy, he's seen movies. Hey, and of course... Those odds have become even better because a new competitor has entered the ring. He's been the host of our last two reveal shows, former coworker of mine, and of course, my newly joined East Coast homie. You know him, you love him. It's Jackson on Jackson, what's going on? I am so excited to finally win instead of just announce Carter winning. So this is going to be a really fun show. The RCR is back, baby. Let's do this. Dude, We the compadres are back. We've been all I know. over it these, these past couple of weeks. We've got to shout it out, man. Cody we've has had... been, this is the third time we've recorded with Cody, which is row. pretty great in a row, which has been really fun. <laughs> as well. Might as well just make me a part of RCR at this point. I mean, at yeah. this point, third host, third host. <laughs> I did what I had some stats here. This is the sixth episode that both of you guys have been on for a cap episode. Uh-huh. Oh, Jackson, you've done two solo. Carter, you've done two solo. And then, of course, we have the fast conversations. We got four pick and roll episodes. I mean, and then everything we've done over at the Rough Cut Retrospective. So lots of great compadre uh, collaborations pe- that people can uh, go check out. The lore runs deep. I have no stats for how many times you guys have been on. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's, it's okay. You know, some, some people came prepared. but <laughs> Not I. And this episode hasn't come out as of the recording of this. But our last episode was also our punishment from our uh, trivia battle oh. tiptoes. Cody and I have recorded it already. And I will yeah. say, I think I think we did a good job breaking down the uh, McConaughey, Oldman, uh, Arquette classic film. <laughs> I'm so excited to Can't listen wait. to it. Definitely a great episode. Um, 
pretty good punishment too, but not a big fan. Definitely got into <laughs> the uh, the weeds of it all. Don't want to spoil anything though. Better or worse than the stalker? We talked about that. We did. Oh, we did don't spoil it. We, we, you know, oh, which, so which would Cody rather watch? Uh, you know, and on a ten hour loop, you'll get the wow. answer. Soon. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, can't wait. Let's talk about this year in movies, just to kind of you know get things warmed up. Obviously, I feel like there's kind of two big things that have really affected the landscape of movies and have been most notable. First of all, Barbenheimer, the massive weekend, huge boss coffee success of two vastly different movies that were able to come together and kind of be marketed together for one giant weekend. And then, of course, the WGA and SAG After Strikes, which have uh, just kind of put the industry on a hold for a really long time. Marketing has completely changed. The fall festival slate changed. The slate of movies getting pushed back has changed. Those are continuing to be ongoing, and we hope that they will be resolved in the favor of the workers and that they can get fair deals in the coming months. But it's really had a big effect. And I think it's going to affect the way that this game gets played today. I mean, what do you think about this upcoming fall, Carter, and the, the year as a whole? This year has definitely been different, per se. I, I read today that they're, the Riders Guild at least is going back to the negotiating table on Wednesday. So we'll see if that brings anything. This is Corbin hopping in. Um, I'm editing this now on Sunday September 24th, and uh, it's recently been released that the WGA has come to an agreement. The WGA and the AMPTP have reached a agreement to finally, hopefully, end the strike after 146 days. SAG is currently still striking, and um, I'm sure we'll head back to the negotiating table following this WGA deal. Obviously, the writers still have to officially vote on it, and it's not you know, completely over at this point, but definitely promising news uh, that we can at least report for now. And, and hopefully, SAG-AFTRA will be able to come to a, a similarly good deal, and uh, the workers can uh, get what they need. This has definitely been interesting. It's, it's weird, because at this point in the year, I feel like we know more about a lot of other movies that we normally wouldn't. Uh, cause I think just a lot of things have premiered at festivals. So I think we know a lot, but I think that makes it harder because I don't know what you've, how you feel about previous years, but all the races in like the upper, like above the line stuff feel really competitive. Usually when I come into these, I have a clear sense of like at least a winner in a couple of categories, but I have no sense at all this year. I think it's a toss up the stuff I've seen. I really liked. And I think there's just so much that's still out there that I haven't seen yet also. So. In a sense, it's it's good, but it's also bad. And Dune Part 2 not being here really hurt me as well. And you, Corbin. Dune Part 2 has hurt me in a lot of different ways, our fantasy filmography and this today, and just on a like deeply personal level. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like We've seen in the past couple of years the way the trending of the Oscars towards where like award season is only in the last three months of the year. That's, that's gone gone more and more away. I mean, Coda was Best Picture winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once, two movies that premiered in the first six months of the year. So I think there's a lot of things that have already come out that have a really good chance in the way that maybe it wouldn't have in the past. And then also, just like you said, we've heard so much about these films, and I feel like so many of them have just been like, they're all really good. Like, there's a lot of good stuff to expect. Yeah. Nothing that's the best, but just like a really solid top level of talent. Cody, do you think your picks trend more towards things that have already come out or things that will be coming soon? It's definitely a good question. Honestly, for me, it's, it's probably split about 50-50. Like you said, I mean, the effect of, well, the strike for one, and then of course, moving back films, um, it does hurt it a little bit, I think, of, of some bigger stuff not coming out at the end of the year, possibly. 
and, and this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, but Barbie and Oppenheimer, every single one of us is going to pick one of those um, in some category here uh, and feel very confident about it, which I mean, last year, like a movie that came out, you know, during the summer, I don't think I had any like that, that I was so confident in. So it, it is a lot more, like you said, kind of spread out throughout the year, which is nice. Now, Jackson, this is uh, this is new for you. You're taking on the competition. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about uh, what you've seen so far? I got to say, prepping for this was more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, it is much easier as a listener uh, than as a participant because I was going through my list of like a, a lot of stuff I haven't seen yet. Um, surprisingly, I have like a lot of stuff that hasn't come out yet. But then like I'd watch uh, like analyses and like predictions and stuff. And I was like, OK, I got to reorder my whole list. I think I've done it like three or four times at this point. Um, but I think I'm finally at a place where I feel okay with it. Hey, the fact that you did a ton of swapping just shows that you were doing it right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Cody, we pushed the podcast back 30 minutes. And honestly, I really needed it. It was down to the wire for me, like really <laughs> trying to get everything uh, sorted out. And there's one or two categories maybe where I have like an either or that it'll, it'll be a snap decision. But Ooh, wow. um, this is the same time that we usually do this. I will say we're like a week later. So TIFF has ended, whereas last year it was kind of still going on. So maybe we have a little bit more perspective on things. Um, but we're all four in the same place. New York Film Festival is in like two weeks. I'm hoping to catch some of these movies potentially. But nice. at this point, none of us have seen most of the festival films and, and we're all really on the same page. Let's get into the specific rules of what we're doing today. So we're each going to be drafting a team of nominees for Oscar categories. The categories we're going to be doing are best international, best documentary, best makeup and hairstyling, best production design, best costume design, best sound, best visual effects, best editing, best original score, best cinematography, best animated, best screenplay, best adapted screenplay, best director, best supporting actor and actress, best actor and actress, and best picture. For actor, actress, and picture, we're going to be doing two picks each for a total of 22 picks. Once a movie is selected in a category, so if I say Barbie is going to be nominated for best picture, I cannot use it in any other category. Same thing with Oppenheimer or anything else. You can only use it in that one category, but that's per person. So every single person is going to be basically creating their own team of 22 movies that they think are going to be nominated at the Oscars. We're not picking winners. We're just picking nominees and we're doing it way early because the nominations are not going to come out until like the end of January, beginning of February. And a lot of these movies, like we said, have not been widely released. Last year, Carter did win picking 13 out of 22 correctly. I had 11 and Cody had seven. I'm curious Brutal. to see if anyone's able to go over that 13 mark because that's kind of, I feel like just the way the Oscars work and the math, it's, it's, it's hard to top, but Hey, Jackson, maybe you're, maybe you're the guy to come in and break blood. Maybe we'll see. All right, Carter, will you defend your title? Um, I'm hoping so. I feel good about everything, but obviously I say that every year and then I'll pick something like empire of light and that'll, it'll not go well. So empire, empire of the sun or empire of light. Uh, who's to say, you know, who's to say really. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to, to get rolling. And I, I do have a couple, I think I have one or two Corbin where I'm like, it's going to be a game time decision. However, I'm feeling in the moment I'm going to pick. So it's going to be fun. Excited. One of the uh, better things about this is that we can grab some good sound bites in a couple months. that will just make us all sound uh, stupid. <laughs> nah, of course not. Hopefully, but yeah. Let's get into it. And we're going to start with 
best documentary. Jackson, take We're it away. starting with me. Okay. Wow. Man, okay, this one was tough. One, because I feel like I haven't seen as many documentaries this time around. Like last year, I would have picked Fire of Love because that was like really big on my my brain last year. Um, but I'm going with one that I just started while doing prep in those last 30 minutes. And that is Netflix's The Deepest Breath. Um, it is a documentary about uh, this woman who is like a free dri- a free diver. And so like they they just like sink to the bottom of the ocean, like basically um, without a scuba tank. And it's filmed underwater and it's really pretty. And it tells a story about this woman who's this is her big dream. And maybe there was like some big accident during it. And it's really cool. I got to say, I was pretty encapsulated by it. Hey, the Netflix underwater documentary, My Octopus Teacher. There's the history there. There you go. That. Yeah, there it is. There you go. <laughs> Netflix loves their uh, their documentaries in the in the Oscar category. I feel like Icarus was one of theirs that won like a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a place category. they can thrive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Carter, what are you thinking, man? Uh good pick, Jackson. It was on my short list, uh, for sure. I'm going in the uh, in the realm of a real person documentary, something about somebody. I'm going with Little Richard, I Am Everything for my documentary. It's just like a shot out of a cannon. His voice? My God, who is that? He created the rock and roll icon. Sorry, y'all. It wasn't Elvis. I'm the king of rock and roll! Wasn't really on my radar because it premiered at Sundance so a long time ago, back in January. Uh, It's essentially the story of of little Richard and kind of the origins of rock and roll, but like the black queer origins of rock and roll that not a lot of people talk about kind of talking about the whitewashing canon of, of American pop music uh, and kind of the, the guy behind it all, which was little Richard. So pretty cool. Uh, I, I, this has been out for a long time. Uh, I think you could probably watch it. I don't know where you could watch it, but it has been out for quite some time. Uh, I don't know if it has distribution anywhere yet, but it's been out for a while, and uh, Little Richard, what a guy. If you have Hulu Live TV, uh, it's available through CNN. Nice. Go CNN. My favorite Weird. news. Or, or <laughs> I guess the canceled CNN streaming service, if you could get your hands on that. That was a tempting, it might, yeah. be, it might be available on there. <laughs> Amazing. I also have a Sundance pick. So, nice. Uh, and it is a movie I have seen. It's the only one that, like, in doing my research, I had scene so I just went ahead and picked it for me best documentary is the single most wide open category of these all because I know nothing about any of them Uh, except for this one which is Kokomo City Mm. it's this like extremely raw and intimate uh, documentary about transgender sex workers both in New York City and Atlanta Georgia it's extremely real uh, and it's also just like an important look at this population of women who because of like whether it be their race economics sexual orientation gender whatever it may be are like forced to turn to this lifestyle and to to turn to prostitution because it's the only way that they can survive. It was made by a transgender transgender woman with a very interesting story who worked in the music industry and then because of her transition was kind of forced out and you know lost her job, lost her home, didn't know what to do, thought of like, you know, I may have to turn to prostitution and then, you know, decided to do like, oh, I'll make a movie about what my life would have turned out like or what these lives of women turned out like. Um, she's completely shot, edited it, produced it herself. Um, and it, it's really good and beautiful black and white cinema photography. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. And I, it was playing in theaters a couple months ago as well. I don't know if it's available yet anywhere, but uh, when it comes out, check it out. Nice. 
Yeah, that one's not on my radar. Both of those were on my short list. Good pick so far, Cody. Want to make it four? Yeah. Uh, I'll finish out the category. We're going to pick uh, different things here as well, which I, I don't know if that'll happen again. That'll be interesting. Nice. But I'm going to go in, I'm not going to lie, the documentary category may be the one that I know the least about. So I went with maybe an obvious pick. I went with American Symphony, which nice. is basically just a John uh, Batiste documentary. And from what I saw from it, the bones of it is it's literally just a year in his life, I believe. So I think he's a pretty interesting guy, obviously uh, kind of an upcoming. I mean, he's, he's pretty established now, um, you know, musician in the jazz scene. He's been kind of going all over the place sort of genre wise with his music, too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is just what I saw is, you know, getting a little bit of buzz. And it sounds pretty interesting to me, too. So if it's going to pique my interest documentary wise, I feel like it can't be it can't be terrible. I like that we all started out with a, a unique pick. So at the very least, here's four documentaries to keep your eye out for uh, in the coming months. Expand that, your worldview, people. <laughs> that you probably never have heard of. So yeah, <laughs> get out there. Let's move over to Best International Film. And we'll start with Cody here. Cody, what do you got? Yeah. I love kicks off because uh, my pick, and this again, this may be completely obvious, but I'm going to go with Anatomy of a Fall, which my very limited research into the international features this year this movie sounds really, really freaking interesting, honestly. Um, so the, the it's uh, basically just about a woman trying to prove her innocence after um, her husband kind of like mysteriously dies in this weird way. Don't want to spoil too much, but it's pretty much just like a courtroom drama breakdown of that entire um, sort of scene and, and kind of what happened with that. Sounds really good. Uh, the main actress in it has been getting some buzz as well, but uh, for a French film, this this would be high on my list of one that I would actually want to see, which uh, does not happen too much. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Anatomy of a Fall here. That one was definitely on my radar as well. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of great things about it and uh, might pop up somewhere else in my list. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to take the German film, The Teacher's Lounge. It premiered at the Berlin Film Festival, I believe, also played at TIFF. Been getting really great reviews. It's a story about a teacher that's prevented, presented with some sort of moral quandary. I really don't know a ton about it, but I do know Germany has selected it to be its film. So it's pretty likely it'll get nominated. Where you guys got boned last year with RRR, right? I'm learning from my mistakes. <laughs> and <laughs> Cody might not have. I don't want to spoil anything. But... Oh, exciting. <laughs> what? Uh, is there another France film nominated? No chance, dude. Carter, what do you think, man? Wow, tough. <laughs> Um, I, I also consider all of these as well. Um, I considered anatomy of a fall. I considered the, the teacher or the teacher's lounge all were on my list at one point before I worked on it this week. So I'm going, uh, to Japan and I am picking, uh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, perfect days is Japan's award entry confirmed a bit controversial though, because a couple of reasons, uh, they didn't elect Ryosuke Hamaguchi's new film Monster and he was their entry and that was Drive My Car that was a couple of years ago Best picture nominated Drive My yeah. Car Yeah and Good instead movie. they chose uh this uh movie from a German director actually which is really interesting uh Wim Wenders who is a guy that the the academy likes but doesn't love they've nominated him 3 times prior in the documentary feature um, and he's made movies like Paris, Texas, which is on my watch list, which I hear is amazing. Uh, the movie is kind of just about a janitor in Japan who drives from job to job, just like listening to music. And again, 
uh, self-expression happens along the way. All of these are very vague and I know nothing about them. So <laughs> it's it's quite wonderful. But yeah, the main actor just won the Cannes Best Actor Award. Uh, and the uh, the film took home whatever the ecumenical jury prize is. If that's different from the jury prize, I don't know, at Cannes. So it's got some buzz. It's a selection from Japan. And just really interesting that it's a German director, but telling a Japanese story. So really interesting and really cool. And I look forward to seeing it someday soon, hopefully. I was definitely uh, on my list as well. Jackson, what do you got? Yeah, so I picked one that may be a risky one because I actually don't know if it's eligible um, as far as like the picks. Uh, but I wanted to use it. Uh, I'm going with The Zone of Interest, which I believe would be a UK selection. For sure. Um, which is kind of confusing because I think it's a German film with like a director from somewhere else, maybe. Maybe it's a Polish film. I actually don't remember. There's a whole lot going on with it. Um, <laughs> but basically, when I read into it, I was like, there has to be like a, a different angle with it because I was a little put off by the description of the movie of a commanding officer of Auschwitz and his wife build a home next to the camp. And I was like, oh man, like that seems kind of twisted. Uh, but I saw a review that said, dispassionately examining the ordinary existence of people complicit in horrific crimes. And I was like, okay, actually that sounds pretty rad and interesting. So yeah, that's what I went with. Yeah, it would be UK's suggestion. Okay. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, I think there's a bunch of different people of origins of country origins, in mm, it, which is fun. Yeah, a little mosh pit. Cody, I think you're you're probably fine, but currently France is just a shortlist period. So like there are some other movies that maybe they could pick over it, which kind of just screws the film. Um, Jackson, yours isn't official either, but it's yeah. most likely to happen. So um, you don't think mine is most likely to happen or what's going What's the research? <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see, Cody. We'll see <laughs> I'm on your side, Cody. I think it'll. Thank you. I think I hope it gets it. I think mine will win the whole thing. So when that wow. happens, you're getting hey. receipts, Barbara. Yeah. Mic drop. Word. Best makeup and hairstyling. Carter, get us started. Uh, my favorite category uh, every year. Um, this one flopped a lot, everybody. I flipped this one around uh, many times. <clears throat> so I finally landed on my first Marvel pick here. And it's I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be my only Marvel pick because they've done me dirty in visual effects in the past. And I'm not going there again. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is my makeup and hairstyling pick. Upon a little research, uh, I learned that it broke the record for most prosthetics used in a film ever. Uh, that was previously held by How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And that movie won the Oscar in 2000 for this category. Amazing. So... I think it's amazing what they do in this in this movie, all the prosthetics, all those like animal human people down on the planet, what they do with the uh, the the I don't remember the main villain's name, but what they do with his face peeling a high back, evolutionary that guy, um, <laughs> what they do with all that, obviously what they've been doing with Drax and and Gamora and Nebula throughout the years, uh, Mantis, Mantis, the first the first Guardians uh, was nominated for this award as well. The second one wasn't, but I think that was just because, I don't know, critical acclaim. I don't think people were too high on the second one. And there wasn't a lot new, per se, that we hadn't seen in the, in the first one. So, But this one, uh, I feel good about it. I remember when I walked out of the theater, my first thought was like, wow, that, that makeup and hairstyle was pretty dope. And that's the way my stupid brain thinks now on these things. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going Guardians Volume 3. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's like a contrast in the ways that Marvel can go about these things when you look at like, 
the creatures of Ant-Man Quantumania where it's literally just like all bad CGI effects and mm-hmm. then like a couple regular looking people in weird costumes or, yeah. or like a wonderful, really well executed design in Guardians Volume 3. Practical. So yep. It's really good. Jackson. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I also selected Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's my boy. Just felt like a great spot to slip it in to, you know, use some other maybe more obvious uh, makeup ones in other categories. So I think this was a pretty good value pick for both of us, Carter. I feel pretty good about that. Look at us. Ordering off mm-hmm, the value mm-hmm, menu. Mm-hmm. Down in the technicals, you got to go for uh, the stuff that, that will not appear other way, other yeah. places for sure. This movie probably will appear other places that I've picked here, and that's Maestro. Listen, potentially this makeup and hairstyling has gone under, come under some fire on social media, potentially for being anti-Semitic. Uh, do the Oscars care about that? I don't know. We'll see. Definitely I not. I would say definitely no. not. And I think <laughs> that they're going to be like, hey, there was a lot of work that went into transforming Bradley Cooper into Leonard Bernstein. They're going to probably nominate it here in Best Makeup and Hairstyle. In many other places. Yeah. I think I think he's in a fat suit at one point. So come on now. Oh, buddy. It's over. Like three out of five fat suits last year. <laughs> I know. You can't you can't underestimate the power of a fat suit. So there you go. Cody, round us out. I'm gonna go a different direction here. I like the Guardians thought a lot. I did not consider that. Um, but you're right, the original did win uh, back in the day too, rightfully so. I'm gonna go with the color purple here. Um for me. Nice. It was just really hard to kind of find placement for a lot of these things. Let's see the smile and color. <gasps> Sweet and love and God. I feel like the color purple specifically and like Barbie could literally be in every single one of these costuming makeup, uh, you know, production technicals. So I'm going to take color purple here. Obviously, um, it is a remake. And I believe the original, I could be wrong, but I believe it was nominated and even possibly won. And yeah, I think it's an obvious pick here. So I'm going to go color purple. I feel bad because I could literally take it in a ton of other categories, but I think this one is is pretty up there for, you know, confidence wise. And it's at least going to get nommed. It's a category with a lot of musicals. The OG color purple Cody was nominated for 11 Oscars and one zero. Just fun fact oh, for you. Well, definitely didn't win then, guys. Yeah. Well, it got but... nominated though. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's all we need. This is, this is why we need Garter here. <laughs> he helps us. Spielberg we trust. <laughs> Best production design. I'll get us started. And my pick is Poor Things from Yorgos Lanthimos. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy tale. I am Bella Baxter, and there is a world to enjoy 
circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress, grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. How delightful. Just yeah. from seeing this trailer, earned it. I think the world that is what Cody, what's your problem? <laughs> I think it's gonna get down for everything, but interesting choice. No, go ahead, man. Hey, I, I do think it is going to appear in a lot of places, but I think for me, I guarantee everything that gets nominated in this category will be also heavily nominated everywhere else. So yeah. there really was no like cheat here. And I decided Poor Things was a guarantee or a lock for me in this category. I think the steampunk world that's being created just in the trailer looks incredible. I love what like the vision that Yorgos always has in the worlds that he creates. Um, and just the fact that this movie is getting a ton of acclaim, it's probably going to be nominated, like we said, everywhere else. So production design is uh, my pick here. Sneaky. Jackson, what do you got, man? Yeah, so for production design, I went with what I consider to be a really safe lock, just because, you know, I also consider poor things. But it's almost like, is it too weird for the Oscars? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I kind of hope Lanthimos gets some... You also, know, just respect. like Frankenstein, though. And the Oscars, like, love that kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just old-timey shit exactly shape shape of water baby yeah yeah so i went with what i consider to be the safest pick for this the biggest lock and i think that's barbie i think what they managed to do um with the scale of the buildings and of the vehicles and all the props and stuff like that is so fascinating it's so to scale like even like in the real world i thought they used some good sets with like um you know the creators like house and stuff like that so i think there's like a lot of chevy cars yeah yeah exactly like (laughs) exactly the big old product placement car chase (laughs) all that stuff you need uh some good production design with that so gotta lock in barbie there i really do love like the mattel office the way that they said i love that it's all super fun carter what do you got man I'm loving I'm loving these early big picks here. Those are two big, big I kind of saved my I kind of saved mine for a little down the line when I got to it. So this is kind of one where I just decided to burn one that doesn't have a lot of of weight in anything. I, I I don't think. So I just went ahead. I was like, let's just pick an unknown here. I put Napoleon in here mm. um, for best production design, world traveling, historical, biopic esque type of deal. Oscars kind of like that shit. Um, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about Napoleon. Truthfully, personally, I- I'm excited for it. I guess I don't really know. What about much Napoleon about. as a person, Carter? Uh, big big fan, big okay. fan. Um, <laughs> I'm taller than him, so I love him. Yeah, so I'm kind of on the fence about it. It was either this or last year. I did Ast- or I didn't do Asteroid City last year. I did a I did a Wes Anderson movie back in the day for production French design dispatch. here. French Dispatch, and I was going to do Asteroid City here, but I feel like it's just came out so long ago. No one's talking about it anymore. I love the movie, but it doesn't seem that anything is getting love for it at the at the time. So, uh, so I went with something that just hasn't been talked about yet because it's not out and no one's seen it, and that's Napoleon. So we'll see. That's a that's a wild card pick there, but yeah. Period piece. Hey, I'm excited. I got I'm, going I'm definitely it. excited to see it. It's Ridley Scott, you know, my boy. Ridley, Ridley. he's great. Cody, finish us off. I like picks all around here. Um, like I said, poor things. Uh, I'll be holding off on that for a while. Hint, hint. And then Carter, I like your pick a lot too. Uh, you'll definitely be hearing a little bit of Napoleon from me later. Huge. But I got to agree with Jackson in this category. Um, I mean, Barbie is. Wow. So- Let's go. <laughs> it's it's just a free point. So I it like free true. points. True. I'll take Barbie early. 
All the buildings are built to scale of like the Barbie's height based off of Margot Hob like Margot Robbie's height. Like it's it's pretty impressive. Barbie Land alone, I think. It's crazy. Shoo-in. I mean, it's insane how that production even came about, I feel like. So, yeah, happy when, to be here. When you think about it, Napoleon and Barbie very similar in that respect because many buildings were not to scale of him. So. Mm. Oh, true. There you go. Well, that's true. I, I very likely <laughs> think that Barbie will win that category, to be entirely honest. So I think those. Will, I, like I think it. all you guys are getting a point there. That, that seems like a lock, the lockiest lock for sure. Let's move over to best costume design. Jackson, why don't you get a start for us? Yeah, so this is one where I had Barbie at first, and I was like, you know what? No, this that's too obvious. I can use it somewhere safer. And I kind of went, because there's a lot of period piece stuff, or like period piece-esque stuff. So I went ahead and uh, threw Napoleon here. This is one where it felt the safest to use um, for any of the categories. So I thought that'd be a good way to get some of that rep in there and still have some other choices down the line for some other categories. like it a lot. Carter, what do you think of um here is where i decided to put the color purple i'm just it's again it's kind of like napoleon it's a big what if for me and and honestly in regards that it's even going to come out still i'm pretty sure it is but we've seen a trailer it's we'll get the deal done hopefully i just fear about its chances in other categories kind of in the big ones down the line given the history we have with musicals there's a you know there's a lot of performances in this movie and I'm scared of like category fraud. I'm scared I'm gonna have a Michelle Williams moment where I just pick the wrong <laughs> actress or actor in the wrong category because there's a lot of different parts in the color purple and in this movie. So I'm scared of that. I didn't want to uh, do that. So seems kind of solid. As I said, the original film was nominated for 11 Oscars and this was one of them. So hopefully they can repeat that. Um, West Side Story was the most recent musical off the top of the dome that was nominated for costume design too that had some big play and uh and yeah so boom and as we all know cody in musicals i was waiting for it you got to get those you got to get the clothes so they can you can flow and can dance so <laughs> well said. took the words right out of my mouth because i'm also picking the color purple in this category <laughs> with the classic cody uh got cody to. reasoning there man i mean sturdy an homage an homage to cody gotta be able to dance man gotta be good stuff uh, <laughs> got to got to i completely agree with your guys picks for me this is one of the, the last categories i filled out so this is kind of a, a toss-up for me in a sense i think i'm gonna go with ferrari um nice. the adam driver vehicle obviously he should be dressed up in like some nice italian suits and stuff you would think i don't know he's wearing uh, sunglasses true true a lot of accessories i think is on the way um He's also, he's got a great hairstyle. Uh, it would have been a good pick for that category too with the slick back Italian look. But yeah, I don't know. For me, I kind of just ran out of movies at this point. So we're going to throw Ferrari up and, and see if it hits. But I'd be pretty shocked. This, this like historically pro- probably is my worst category um, over the, you know, the few times that we've done this. So have to continue that tradition on, I think. Yeah, I picked the Adam Driver in an Italian Suits movie, House of Gucci, and that didn't get nominated in this category. Yeah, so I was going to say, stay away. <laughs> yeah, There's no Leto. It feels in this like one. similar category fraud of like maybe they won't get any nominations, but yeah, I didn't touch Ferrari, which is fair. I did give Ferrari a chance in the next category, best mm-hmm. sound. So I'll go ahead nice. and say that. You know, this was really the one where it's like I had it down to a couple, uh, but I'm going to go Ferrari here. Cars, loud, vroom, vroom, Ford versus Ferrari sound it won so yeah we're halfway there it was 50 50 between uh that and gran turismo based on a true story so <laughs> true that is true 
justice for <laughs> justice for that movie. Good one. David Harbour, best supporting actor. Just wait. Watch out. <laughs> Cody, we'll throw it over to you. Uh, for best sound here, I'm going big. I'm going all out. I'm taking uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> again, a lot. I feel like it's easy points. The loudest. Really... Yeah, that's, exactly. Like, that's the winner, Cody, and for, uh, yeah, as far probably. as I'm concerned. Yeah. The thing is, like, with the, the specific, obviously, you know, uh, test of the bomb scene, kind of the the sound coming in and out there, I think is, is masterfully done. Even like the dream sequence um, is, is really cool sound there as well. So, I mean, yeah, again, three points is three points. You could have picked, you know, probably 10 different categories here and it's three points, but I'll take it in sound because I feel like other than that, it's, it's a bit wishy-washy. So I just played it safe. Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter of life and death. I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. Definitely. Carter, what do you got here? Similar but different to Corbin. Every year I just look for the movie that has a lot of motorcycles or race cars in it. There was no James Bond movie this year, unfortunately. There was no Dune Part 2. So I went with uh, Jeff Nichols' The Bike Riders here. This premiered at, I think, Cannes. Either Cannes or, or the other one. Uh, Telluride, I'm not, I'm not sure which one. But it's just got, and then it, it was between this and Ferrari, to be fair. I just thought maybe the star power of the bike riders would be a little stronger than the star power Ferrari for some reason. I don't know why. You've got the golden boy Austin Butler in there. You got Tom Hardy who has been gone for a while. If these if these people can even go to the Oscars, to be honest, hopefully we'll get there. Just a lot of great people that I like. Uh, Norman Reedus, hello everyone. He's meant to be on a bike, baby. Born to be in this movie. Um, <laughs> Came yeah, out of the womb on a bike, I think. Absolutely. And yeah, <laughs> Have you guys been watching like a... Daryl Dixon? <laughs> no, no it, the yeah. cinematography for like the trailer of it looked surprisingly impressive, but I have not looked at it at all. I have not watched a second of Walking Dead. I think he's life. like in Europe or something You're for lucky. some reason. He's like him. actively airing right now, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, check that out on AMC, <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, so yeah, just a movie about a bunch of guys in a brotherhood and bikes and hopefully those bikes make noise and yeah, the bike you would riders. Think, you would think they make noise. I actually had that in this category too, and I made a last minute switch. So I like that pick a lot. Yeah. I mean, they got motorcycles got to make noise at some point, right? Vroom, vroom. This was, this was my other pick as well. So it, it was between that or Ferrari and you probably made the right decision. <laughs> 
We'll see. I don't know. They're both pretty similar and and they're there can only be one. (laughs) That's true. There can only be one One car car. movie. (laughs) Jackson, round us off here. Yeah, this was a tough category for me. Um, I wanted to go with one that was kind of left over that hasn't been touched for my other stuff. And so I went with The Killer um, just because I feel like as it's it's a genre film. So that kind of worries me a little bit as far as like maybe getting picked. But, you know, it's David Fincher, right? It's it's one of those guys. Yeah. That so guy. that feels like a, a good, a good, like safe pick there. Plus if it's like an assassin story, you're going to have a lot of gunshots. You're going to have a lot of silent sneaking up moments. And you know, with, with the sound category, it's not just sound, but lack of sound and how it's used. So I think, uh, I think that could be a pretty safe bet. I like it. I'm really excited. That's probably like that and killers are like the two movies that I'm most mm-hmm. excited to just see to round yeah. off the year. Michael yeah. Fassbender, man. Like I, you can't go wrong. You can't He's go back. Wrong. Don't talk yeah. about next goal. Watch it be terrible, but yeah, <laughs> yeah don't talk no, about it. We next will goal. talk about next goal. Wins <laughs> and we will say it's amazing. <laughs> I hope it's coming up in one of your categories here. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with best visual effects. Cody, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Guardians 3 here. Um, I don't know. I feel like Marvel this year for CGI. Of course, they normally only get one nom, but. I mean, you could go like Quantum Mania. I don't think that's gonna. I haven't happen. seen the Marvels yet. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a ton of CGI. I feel like the CGI in Guardians is also really impressive. Um, all of like the uh the smaller animal rocket friends, I think it's really well done, and that was kind of passed around on like Twitter as as like how they did that, and mm-hmm. it was kind of just a really cool story. So yeah, I, I think that's a shoe in altogether. Good Again, grip. it's the thing of just like not overdoing it with visual effects. I picked it here as well. And uh, I think it's it's definitely going to be the Marvel movie and probably the only superhero movie. I don't know. Blue Beetle? What do you think? Carter, what are you picking? <laughs> uh, I didn't pick Blue Beetle, uh, believe it or not. Jackson, if you want to hear us talk about the, the HUD display, go check it out on the Rough Cut Retrospective. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, I'm dabbling into, a, into your bank of movies, Corbin. I'm actually going with the creator here uh, for best visual nice. effects. Um <laughs> I think this trailer was gorgeous. Um, I'm loving all the viral marketing at Chargers games. Uh, tremendous stuff. Gareth Edwards, obviously, who uh, did Rogue One. And kind of. Rogue One. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Tony Gilroy <laughs> was there, mostly. But that movie was nominated for visual effects. Uh, this one looks just as beautiful, if not the... Uh, yeah, just as beautiful. So, so yeah, this is kind of a, this is kind of a, a long shot, maybe, but... I just really have high hopes for John David Washington's career. I would like him to bounce back. So I'm hoping it happens with this, but despite being <laughs> on my some team, stinkers, I'm not I'm too hoping. confident. Um, have you guys heard, seen the controversy about this movie and its visual effects, though? Ooh, no, no, what? So there's like a shot in the trailer of a city exploding, and it is very clear that they used oh. the Beirut explosion that happened like. <laughs> in like oh. 2020 as like a direct like comp of like the you can see some of the same buildings oh my god and it's yeah not it's kind of ugly um i don't know if, again i don't think the oscars give a shit about that but it is it is something that uh i don't love about the, the film i didn't Dang, say i would love it <laughs> i said it would get nominated <laughs> jackson uh Give us a give us something to end on a high note here. <laughs> well, I hate to say that I also picked the creator for this guy. <laughs> hey! well, so I don't know if it can be. I know we're um, controversial boys, Jack. I guess so. I did not know that. Ten years ago today, 
The artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. This is a fight for our very existence. Sergeant Taylor, we are this close to winning the war. But the AI are developing a super weapon. Retrieve it. Or they win. It looks pretty cool, though. I gotta say. I mean, it does like it looks sick. It's like an original sci-fi film, which yeah, we don't get a lot of these days. So, and maybe maybe they'll get rewarded for that too. Just the fact that it's not like a big like franchise thing who knows yeah it's not like next the oscars, week right <laughs> the oscars somewhat like sci-fi they like it more than comedy or horror so that is true that is true and again like this five movies have to get nominated here there's been a lot of bad cgi this year so yeah, it doesn't take a lot to necessarily get in yeah let's move over to best editing i'll get us started here um so the thing that i think is i always traditionally say like with best editing is like, if it's nominated, if it's gonna win, if it's gonna be in best picture, it's probably also in best editing. So if you just pick a movie that you think might also get nominated for best picture, it's probably in for editing. Otherwise it's kind of a hard one to guess because what is good editing? I don't know. Um, you know what bad editing is, but good editing, you don't always notice. I'm gonna take <laughs> The Holdovers from Alexander Payne. First of all, two-time directed best, a two-time nominated and best director. I think this movie is gonna be nominated in uh, best picture. Paul Giamatti very likely will be nominated in Best Actor. I think it's going to be all over the place. So for me, I'm just going to slot it in at Best Editing. And uh, it looks like it's kind of playing with like a little bit of an old style. The trailer was fun. You know, there might be an air to the editing that at least, you know, separates it from the, the pack. Corbin, I hope you get your your wish this year. I know you just unluckily picked the Fablemans last year and just happened to be one of the five that were nominated for best picture that didn't get the editing nomination, which was yeah. <laughs> I, I went with uh you know you just gotta stick to my guns and we'll, we'll see what got happens. to got to Jackson. What are you thinking here? This is a tough one. I don't think this is my strongest category, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. I selected air uh for, for best editing. I could see it being a best picture. It wasn't for me necessarily. Uh, I thought it was a fun, entertaining watch, but there was a specific moment where Matt Damon is giving like his big, like almost like Oscar moment speech where like he's pitching to Michael Jordan that like, this is the moment that will define his career. And like, I'm going to look you in the eyes and I'm going to tell you the future. You were cut from your high school basketball team. You willed your way to the NBA. You're going to win championships. It's an American story, and that's why Americans are going to love it. People are going to build you up. God, are they going to? Because when you're great and new, we love you. Man, we'll build you into something that doesn't even exist. You're going to change the fucking world. But you know what? Once they've built you as high as they possibly can, they're going to tear you back down. It's the most predictable pattern. We build you into something that doesn't exist, and that means you have to try to be that thing all day, every day. That's how it works. And we do it again and again and again. 
And I'm gonna tell you the truth. You're gonna be attacked, betrayed, exposed, and humiliated. And you'll survive that. A lot of people can climb that mountain. It's the way down that breaks them. Because that's the moment when you are truly alone. And what will you do then? Can you summon the will to fight on through all the pain and rise again? Who are you, Michael? That will be the defining question of your life. And I think you already know the answer. And that's why we're all here. A shoe is just a shoe. Until somebody steps into it, then it has meaning. The rest of us just want a chance to touch that greatness. And we need you in these shoes, not so you have meaning in your life, but so that we have meaning in ours. Everyone at this table will be forgotten as soon as our time here is up. Except for you. You're gonna be remembered forever because some things are eternal. You're Michael Jordan, and your story is gonna make us want to fly. In between that, that speech, there are these moments through Michael Jordan's career of his actual footage that's, that's put in together, and it feels very uh, right up the Oscars alley, I think. And I don't know, maybe that could maybe that could give them the edge. Um, and it's just a pretty decent movie overall. I think it's pretty competent. So, love a montage. It's a great yeah. montage. It's good. Amazon's awesome. got to put their money behind something. And hey, maybe the air train will be coming. <laughs> the air train. Carter, what do you think here? I'm going with. Corbin's line of thought, which is that you need to pick a movie that'll likely get nominated for best picture. So here's where I'm playing my, my, my oppie card. I'm going Oppenheimer and best editing here. Hmm. Just a movie that is absolutely made in the editing room, uh, jumping from timeframes to timeframes yeah. in classic Nolan style. And, and yeah, just hoping that I don't have a, uh, a Fableman's esque situation. I, I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good in Oppenheimer and a lot of the I think Oppenheimer might decks. win like in this category. That'd be sick. It's, it's between it's, Oppenheimer. It's a lot of jumping around. So between Oppenheimer and air, as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going Oppie here. I, I think Oppenheimer will. Also, it's like the thing of like a lot of this movie, they didn't even digitize. Like they like literally edited it on film. Like, Mm-hmm. pretty crazy shout crazy. out to jennifer lane yeah. for for doing this and pretty uh, sick i i'm uh i think it, it'll win and it's also the, again it's like it's actually a movie where like the editing is very clear and obvious mm-hmm. you know in a way that not a, it isn't always yeah cody there's black and white you know color black and white they gotta switch yeah i uh i like Oppie's chances in <laughs> this category unfortunately i have already used it this is a this is a hail mary throw for me if i'm being honest I do like the thinking of possibly this movie could get nominated for uh you know best picture if it's really good. I'm gonna go with Saltburn. Um, nice, nice. Barry Keoghan, uh, you know, vehicle. Uh, it actually looks pretty decent too. Um, so I do have high hopes for it. Maybe you could sneak into the best picture, you know, nine, ten, eight range somewhere in there, and then also sneak into editing. But it kind of just looks to be a little bit like weird and cut up a little bit too. Um, some possibly drug ridden stuff at the end. So. Yeah, it looks interesting. So I figured I might as well throw him, Mary, and uh, and put Saltburn here. This is also a neon movie, right? And very historically, I I know it's one that was able to sign an interim deal. So and it's not a twenty four. So I think it's a neon picture. I mean, Emerald Fennell directed it, so it's got that kind of. She's a little bit of an Oscar lover already. 
Um, I like that pick a lot, Cody. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Don't hear that a lot. Hey, best original score. What are you thinking here, Cody? Uh, score for me here. Um, this one was one of the easiest ones I did have. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, uh, strange enough, it's definitely still one of my favorites of the year. I think original score-wise, this has got to be one of the best put out there. Shout out to the boy Daniel Pemberton, um, which obviously we talked about in our past pods. But yeah, I think the soundtrack and the score is, is next level stuff. And um, I, I really wanted to put this movie in Best Picture, but I don't think it'll get nominated, uh, very sadly. I'm definitely rooting for it, but yeah, I think I- it's, it's, it's more of a uh, you know safe pick in, in score here. I completely agree with your line of thinking, Cody. I was like that close to putting in best picture. I didn't want to use it in animated because I knew it would be helpful somewhere else. So I also went with it here in best score. I lo- I mean, just like the, how much it's even permeated the culture, the kind of like the, the 2099. Crazy stuff. I mean, we talked about it in the episode that we did about Across the Spider-Verse. You guys did, you guys did it well, as well. Um, it's really great from Daniel Pemberton. Jackson, what'd you pick here? I did the same thing, you know, it's, uh, it's versatile. I don't think it's going to win. I think Oppenheimer is like the clear winner probably uh, out of this category, but like, I think this, I think this one is a very strong second. I was listening to it again today while I was doing some dishes and it is just like, Ooh, you put in both headphones and it, it transports you. Like you're just like, Oh, it's so good. I, I am a big fan of this soundtrack or of this score. I should say. And I mean, just like the ways it, evolves across the different worlds mm-hmm. it utilizes the old uh spider-man theme and like re- like turns it into other people's themes and it's it's really cool i like what they do with it no i was also listening to it today as well which is really funny and i was like listening to it on the way to work and i was like oh i have to pick that for score like it's so good yeah. it's fun it bangs carter can we go four for four we can uh go. i got i got it here as well um <laughs> Uh, Daniel Pemberton, uh, previously nominated for Trial of the Chicago 7, people forget. Original song, though, not score. All all the reasons you guys said, you know, it's, at times it has the hip-hop influences. At other times it has the the British punk rock influences, mm-hmm. the Indian influences. That it, it's, it's got everything going. It's it's uh, It runs the breadth of everything. So I love it, and I just love the different styles of it. I think it's going to be a lock for score. I hope so for our sakes. First time we all agree. So we, we could go over four or, or uh, four for you. Moving on to best cinematography. Carter, you get us started. Well, um, a movie I haven't seen yet, uh, but another trailer I thought was pretty gorgeous. Having uh, not I, seen things makes cinematography tough. <laughs> very tough. But just based on the trailer, I went with Saltburn for this. Lots of people get lost in Saltburn. This place is not for you. I can honestly say that these last few months have been the happiest of my life. Anything else I should know about? No, no, just be yourself. They'll love you. It's relaxed, I promise. Gorgeous trailer shot by Linus Sandgren, uh, who's like Damien Chazelle's cinematographer. Uh, one for La La Land, 
uh, actually his only nomination and his only win in the, in the Academy. Um, but he did, he did first man and he did Babylon, which should have been nominated for all the awards. And this is just, uh, it just looked gorgeous. And again, I think the Academy love when, uh, we're like, oh, we're making fun of the rich. Ha ha. We're kind of rich. Ha ha. We're in on the joke. Wink. So I think it's going to be somewhere. And I think this is the the strongest pick, I think, for Saltburn, in my opinion. But I could see it popping up in other places. But yeah, Saltburn. Excited for it. Also, if you've seen the trailer, it takes way too long for the title to appear. Just throwing that out there. It's like S A L. I was like, I, I get it. It's Saltburn. Get me there. <laughs> but yeah. That's my pick. I just saw First Man last night for the first time and uh, didn't love the rips. movie, but cinematography is good. <laughs> the sound rips. I'll say that too. Great stuff. Not enough Purdue representation. That's my thing. <laughs> Cody, what do you want to go for? Best cinematography. Picking something that has been talked about previously. I'm going to go with The Killer. Uh, the Finch Man is back and in a big nice. way. The Finch like, Man. <laughs> <laughs> love The Finch Man. <laughs> kind of similar stuff to what... Uh, Jackson was talking about too. I mean, it's going to be an intense movie, I think, uh, which will lend itself pretty nice to cinematography. I'm sure you're going to have like the slow burn scenes of, you know, in the dark, David Fassbender, you know, hiding behind a door or something. So it'll be good. And I mean, just the David Fassbender, his brother. (laughs) Did I hear that right? (laughs) Shut up, David. Uh, (laughs) That's when David Fincher married Michael Fassbender. (laughs) I love it. He took his last time. Names are hard, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way Finchman <laughs> operates behind the camera, I feel pretty confident here. So, yeah, the killer. I think Mank won this award. I don't. It's not the same cinematographer, but you know, right. it is a different guy. But I also chose the killer for uh, best cinematography. Hey, uh, it's Eric Messerschmidt, who yeah. also shot Ferrari. So, hey, maybe the people would be like two for one this year. You hope uh, it's the right one. You hope it's the right one. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I'm going the killer. Jackson, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Carter. I went with Saltburn for this one. Um, I looked it up just like just to get familiar with all the other picks. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. I, I got to throw this in here. Because like Carter said, I think this is the strongest category this specific movie uh, has. So, Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's definitely true. Just a little piece of trivia that I wanted to share. You know, the killer shot by or the same guy who shot Ferrari. Barbie shot by Rodrigo Prieto, who shot killers of the flower moon as well mm. so hey there you Weird. go moving on to best animated obviously we all knocked out across the spider-verse jackson what are you picking instead uh i'm going the boy and the heron i feel like this has to be the strongest contender outside of uh across the spider-verse it obviously lost a little bit of steam now that like miyazaki is like maybe doing more movies and it's <laughs> not his final movie um kind of like a tom brady uh send-off kind of but, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of Studio Ghibli movies lately, and I'm just, I'm, I'm sold. Let's do it. Lock it in. It's my pick as well. Uh, yeah. Recently premiered at TIFF, so finally, like, a North American audience got a chance to see it. This is one I'm hoping to check out at New York Film Festival. Um, I'm really excited to just watch this movie, and I, I definitely think it's a, a lock here in this category. I've been, like, purposely not like looking at anything i want to go in completely blind like i don't want to know what the story is i don't want to see what it looks like just go in carter what'd you have here right minds think alike uh with the boy and the heron as well listen it's just it's miyazaki the last movie he made nine years ago i think the wind rises was nominated uh so i just again i'm kind of in jackson's boat i know nothing about it 
uh and like that's how like the japanese audiences got to see it like Mm -hmm. they didn't release any marketing material just that poster forever and then they saw it knowing nothing so trying to stay away from it um and hopefully get to see it soon uh is it playing in new york corbin is that is it doing this nice Dope. Boy in the Heron. It's going to be clean sweep here, boys, obviously. I mean, <laughs> could have gone elemental, I guess, but I still haven't seen it. Uh, pretty decent things. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Miyazaki, you know, in his prime. Not really, but past his prime, but still pretty good. <laughs> So, not really <laughs> this is an easy noun regardless i think and um oh yeah going into a movie blind that's how i like to go into every single movie ever created so i wow. can play on all standards there elemental did have the largest disney plus premiere this week this weekend i, like, I gotta oh, check yeah. it out now that it's yeah i'll it's check weird. it out too i i missed it in theater so i mean that movie also like it had a terrible opening but it had incredible legs i mean it made a ton of money at the box yeah office. It's, yeah it's fine it's an okay it's not Pixar's best, but it's definitely not Lightyear. True. Maybe uh, Nimona will get a nomination this year. I hope of, so. Like, or something like that. I feel like Elemental is still going to be in there, but I feel like it's a toss-up then for the last two spots. Yeah. Hopefully Nimona. N- Ninja there. Turtles, maybe? Perhaps? Could be fun. Could be fun. I'd love it. But... I can see that. Yeah. All right. Best screenplay. Original screenplay is what we'll start with first. Carter, what do you have here? Uh, here is where I went with the holdovers. Um, it's not an Alexander Payne script, but it's Alexander Payne directed, but it just feels like, it feels like dialogue heavy thing that the Oscars like people talking in rooms. Uh, just, it just feels like one of those, a a teacher just stays over winter break with kids that don't go home, got great reviews. And, and yeah, it just feels like the the kind of the i'm excited for the movie so i'm not i don't want to downgrade it by making this comment it feels like the sleepy academy pick in this category so i think it'll be there and yeah i'll go with the holdovers here i mean this movie's getting crazy reviews but i would also say like i'm not really that excited to watch it at all so i agree with that sleepy academy assessment i uh i ride for alexander payne most most times but there he's put out some weirdos downsizing was not it guys i'll just say that so <laughs> that is a wild like previous movie on his uh resume for sure <laughs> yeah he's a nebraska native so i gotta give him some love cool. there i guess well there you go Shut up. cody what are you picking here for best original screenplay for me i'm gonna go with a film uh we haven't talked about yet i don't know a ton about it but it is past lives nice uh, Obviously, A24 film that was released earlier in the year. It is on my watch list. I've not checked it out yet. I've heard it's like really, really sad. So that makes me want to check it out even less. But uh, from an original screenplay standpoint, I, I think it's a bit wide open this year. And uh, I like the chances of a nom here. Because um, I don't know if it'll get too much love. But I think from a writing perspective, uh, it probably deserves it. Not seeing it. Yeah. It is very well written. And uh, right. first released early, but A24 and A24 in the Oscars. That, that's my tracker. For, yeah, from last year. So maybe that'll, that'll help it out too. Good point. Jackson, what are you thinking here? This is where I put uh, Anatomy of a Fall, which Cody put in for International, I believe. 
Nice. Um, this is the the script just seemed like kind of compelling, like a courtroom drama. Like I feel like the script has to be really tight if you want uh, something with that to like kind of do well with audiences. And the fact that it's like based off of this like story of like this writer trying to prove her innocence about like her own husband's death, like that sounds pretty cool. Um, and you know, like I don't think it's a, a bad bet to bet on a, a courtroom drama. So I found that like in the last couple of years, it's more and more international films have made it into these categories. So mm-hmm. like, it's almost a guarantee that one or two will be there. So yeah, it, it's pretty likely. Um, I'm going to take uh, Saltburn here for this one. Uh, Emerald Fernell won in the 2020, 2021 year for Promising Young Woman. Uh, she wrote this script as well. I think the Oscars kind of love her. It could be the sophomore slump thing. We'll see. But right now it seems like the movie's getting a lot of love. So I'm going to take an original screenplay. Nice. Moving over to best adapted screenplay, Jackson, why don't you take it away? This is where I decided to throw uh, Poor Things in, just because I, I apparently it's getting a lot of good reviews from what I've seen. Um, and even though it's like, it seems really weird and out there, like maybe this is like a safer category where the Oscars won't turn their nose up at it as much. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if uh, Yorgos wrote it, but if it's attached to Yorgos, I have faith that he like has some good material to work with there. So nice. Yeah. Uh, I was going to tell you if he wrote it, but now I'm being really slow. So, uh, you know, vamp, vamp, vamp. screen by Tony McNamara. So there you go. Well, there you go. He's even better than your Oscar winner. Say, so <laughs> Carter, what are you taking here? in a best adapted screenplay. Here's where I took a, a leap of faith. Uh, on a movie that I know very little about, but I was reading about, and it looks exciting. I'm going with a movie called All of Us Strangers here. Mm. Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott, two people I really love. Uh, and I'll tell you why I pick why I picked this movie be, uh, and because of the first uh, word of the description of the movie. A screenwriter, there you go, uh, drawn back to his childhood home, enters into a fledgling relationship with a mysterious neighbor as he then discovers his parents appear to be living just as they were. Uh, and they died 30 years before. So what? I don't know what's going on based on that description. So it looks very interesting. And there's a screenwriter in the movie. And I mean, I think the screenwriters are going to love a movie about a screenwriter, given all the strikes and stuff. So uh, it's, a, it's a stab in the it's a stab in the dark, um, because this is kind of where, as I was shifting things around, I wanted to kind of feel pretty comfortable down the stretch with all the other things. So we'll see. I think it has a, it's on the outside looking in, but maybe it, it'll make some waves as that one adaptive screenplay that doesn't get nominated for anything else, but somehow gets in there. Shout out Logan. I like that pick a lot. It was definitely on like the outside of, of coming in for a pick here. Um, yep. For me, I'm going to take origin, which is actually like the first, like I had not heard of this movie until I was doing my research, um, but it's Ava, du- Ava DuVernay uh, written and directed by, uh, obviously, with Selma and even uh, 13th, she's got a little bit of Oscar love in her history. Uh, this movie pr- premiered at the Venice Film Festival and also uh, was competing for the Golden Lion. I think it's going to get nominated in a couple upcoming categories, and I decided to slot it, slot it in here and adapted. I know it's based on a nonfiction called Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. Everywhere. All over the place. There's connective tissue. All of this. 
is linked. I'm going to back everything you just said, Corbett. I am going with uh, Origin here as well in Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, I was looking at the cast, too, which you didn't mention. Oh, I mean, dude. you got Shane from The Walking Dead. Uh, you got Vera, <laughs> Vera Formiga, one of your favorites, Corbin. So can't go wrong. It looks like a, a very like powerful film, though, uh, all jokes aside. So I'm excited to see it. And uh, I think, you know, I'd be surprised if it didn't get a nom here. All right. Now let's talk about Best Director. Carter, why don't you get us started again? So here is my pick. I am going with Jonathan Glazer. For zone of interest every mm. every year in this category there's always the people you expect like this year not to spoil if anyone has these picks there's going to be your nolan there's going to be your scorsese your lanthimos maybe your gerwig but there's always that fifth spot that either goes to somebody that no one talked about all year or was an international pick and here i'm going for both I think riyasuki hamaguchi who got this spot just a couple of years ago, who stole it. Um, I think that was the year when Denis Villeneuve got snubbed for Dune. I think that was the, still the same year. So yeah, I'm going Jonathan Glazer here for Zone of Interest. I think it's picking up some steam. And other than the four that I mentioned, I think that fifth spot is up for grabs by anybody. So, and Jonathan Glazer seems like the strongest. Um, and yeah, he's made some weird movies, by the way. So I'm hoping this is his moment. It's been movies. This movie's been getting a lot of love. Like uh, Jackson said, it's a little bit of an interesting premise. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. Cody, what do you think here? Yeah, I think it's a really good point from Carter there too. Of I think this this category is a bit predetermined a little bit. So I'm going to play it ridiculously safe and take Scorsese for uh, Killers of the Flower Moon here. Um, again, I mean, you could pick this and a lot of other stuff, and it's going to hit as well. But for this category being like as competitive as it is. And I feel like at least three or four of that he mentioned there are 100% going to get nommed. I think Gerwig will to make that a four. Um, yeah. I mean, Scorsese's him. I hope he wins this year. I haven't even seen it. But uh, it's going to be a hell of a race this year. Somebody's going to be very, very mad at the end of the day. But it, it's good. Well, 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 our war hero has arrived. You made a good choice coming back here. Those days are the finest, wealthiest, and most beautiful people on God's earth. They outsmart everybody. They have the say. Who gets the oil? Son, I got a question. You like women? <laughs> That's my weakness. <laughs> well, we mix these families together, and that estate money flows the right direction. It'll come to us. Shomikasi. That's how you are. I don't know what you said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you come here? I back you up here, Cody. This is where I uh, dropped Killers of the Fire Moon in as well. I think uh, Scorsese is a lock in this category for sure. Yeah. These Jackson. last categories, I'm just before Jackson, you make your pick. They're so competitive. It's crazy. It's, yeah, so, yeah. This, is, this is the toughest for sure. We're getting into the weeds for sure. Yep. So I also did Scorsese here just because Ooh. I feel like if anyone's going to get snubbed, it's probably not going to be Nolan or Scorsese at this point. I could see Lanthimos getting left out. I could see Celine Song getting left out. I could see Greta Gerwig. Bradley Cooper, I don't think, has a chance. Like that, to me, feels like probably the safest bet besides Nolan. And I used him somewhere else. So Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. And I was trying to decide it was between this and the next category, best supporting actor, where I was like, which one do I want to do? 
Oppenheimer where and, and Beth and killers yeah. the other one. I decided to go Oppenheimer here, best supporting actor, Robert Downey Jr. I think he's definitely going to get it. I'm pretty sure Rob, uh, Robert De Niro will as well, but I, I haven't seen the movie yet. So I'm just going to hand, I can trust Scorsese without having seen it. Who knows? Robert De Niro, he's gotten a million Oscars. Does he need another Oscar nomination? Probably, but uh, I'll take Robert Downey Jr. It's the story. It's the comeback. Nolan, you know, he started the superhero craze and now he's he's finally uh, putting the last nail in the coffin by giving Robert Downey Jr. his chance to shine. Jackson, what do you want to go here? I'm in the same boat. I'm right there with you. It was either going to be the Scorsese director and Robert Downey Jr. or the De Niro and Christopher Nolan. But I went with Robert Downey Jr. here just because it also seems like the strongest performance out of the ones I've seen so far. And safest. I feel like, I don't know how I feel about the Ryan Gosling hype train. Like, I think he's great, but I feel like they're obsessing about him too much. And that with like, maybe the I'm just Ken song getting the Oscar stresses me out too much. I'm not going to bet on that at all. And yeah, like you said, it is kind of the best story. I just hope that uh, he doesn't split votes with Matt Damon is all. That's the only thing I'm kind Mm. of worried about. I mean, it's the same thing with Killers, though. I mean, there's the Jesse Plemons of it all. That's there true. Could be That's some, totally true. Some voice, but vote yeah. splitting there as well. But is Jesse Plemons a big? I guess he's been nominated before, but like, is it as big of, of a comparison to De Niro? I don't know. Um, Matt Damon was great in Oppenheimer too, but yeah, I got to give it to Robert Downey Jr. There. Yeah, definitely. Carter, what do you think here? Um, uh, here's my poor things hand. Uh, I'm going Mark Ruffalo. Uh, for poor Ooh. things. Hey, another um, MCU Defoe. <laughs> yeah, once again, I'm loving. I love the narrative. I'm hoping that our at least one of our MCU people can get an Oscar for not just acting in front of a green screen anymore. A um, lot of praise for Ruffalo coming out of this film, um, and I'm really excited to see this movie because, as far as I have heard, for poor things, it's just a straight like sex comedy, and it's awesome. So. <laughs> And I'm excited to see all these people in a fun sandbox. And again, I think there's some vote splitting things that could happen here with Willem Dafoe too. So I think we're all taking kind of risks, but I don't, I don't really think so. So I feel good about all of our picks so far here. Could we have a a two poor things and a two killers nomination and then just some random. That that could happen for sure. I bet that fifth wheel feels really good in that scenario then. Cody, what do you think here? I'm going way off kilter here. Um, I'm trying to do the math too. Cause I think De Niro, RDJ, and uh, Ruffalo are all pretty much locks. And I basically just ran out of movies for this category. Um, bear with me. I'm going. I'm going Tom Hardy and uh, the bike riders. Bike riders. I don't know. I just haven't seen Tom Hardy for a long time, and this movie interests me. It, it's just like I like the people behind the camera, in front of the camera, other than Austin Butler, but I guess he's okay without the Elvis accent um but yeah i don't know i think this category is gonna be tough to get into but maybe he gives like a crazy unhinged you know biker performance so i'm here for it did you hear his accent in the trailer it's wonderful i did (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean the accent work is strong too so everything's going for him he loves to do a silly little voice i love him for that yeah jackson you mentioned the ryan gosling thing earlier and i wanted to keep talking about that like I agree. I don't think he's going to get nominated. Like, maybe he'll get on, but just like, I don't, I feel like the mass, like, public of just like, oh, Oscar. It's a meme for more than anything. Right. right. Like, it's not like, I think most people just don't understand. I don't want to be that. Like, that's not how the Oscars work. I feel like the Oscars are not going to reward that performance. Can I throw my my hat in the ring? I think he is going to, I think he is going to get nominated. You got it. Um, I don't think he's going to win. Um, but I think that the Oscars this year love comedy. 
um, for some reason. And I think that this is going to be, cause I'm not, well, never mind. I'll save this opinion because something might come up later. Okay. I'll say I like the foe in this category too. His prosthetics. Yeah. Are awesome, I, I we might have the case of the Defoe might really hurt you, Carter. I'm not sure. We'll see. I love it. Yeah. Oof. Before we move on to supporting actress, I also wanted to point out supporting both actor and actress are worst category that, that we do historically in this game. Uh, the first year. I got supporting actress, and that was the only one. Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. The re- we went 0 for 5 on the rest of the picks. Woof. And then last year, Carter, you got supporting actor, Brendan Gleeson. And then we missed every other one. So ho- if we can do better than that this year, we'll be, uh, we'll be doing good. I don't like my odds so far. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Bike riders, hey, supremacy here. Best supporting actress. Cody, take it away. I thought it me. Um, this is where I'm putting the holdovers. I'm going to put, if I butcher your name here and you're listening, I do apologize, but it is uh, Devine Joy Randolph. I haven't seen her in too much, but I've been hearing some buzz. She was just also clearly looking at her IMDb. She wasn't the idol, which I didn't watch that, uh, fortunately. <laughs> Does that hurt her? Does that hurt her chances? <laughs> it had to a little bit, I think, but I saw the trailer for this and she did look really, really good, I thought. Um, and I think this movie will get a bunch of noms. In a, and yeah, this is a tougher category as well. Like Corbin mentioned, haven't done too well in the past, but I like my eyes here. I like this uh, a lot better than Tom Hardy. So shout out to Veen. That was definitely uh, that was definitely on my list, Cody. Carter, what do you think here? Uh, I'm going for the winner in this category. I'm going with Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that her performance has gotten a lot of acclaim. Uh, I think that she is kind of the fulcrum of that story. And I think she will be rewarded for it. And this is where I'll call my shot and say that she'll win the, the Oscar for it. Mm. Where I do rarely. The very next day following the recording of this episode, it was announced that Lily Gladstone would be campaigning for a Best Actress nomination. So just as last year, Carter fell into the trap of the Michelle Williams, Steven Spielberg mother lead performance at the Oscars. Category fraud, probably not this time, but who knows? Best of luck to her and everyone involved. Sorry, Carter, that's a point off the table. Is that bonus think, point? Is that bonus point? I think last year I said, Top Gun Maverick will win best sound, and then I walked into the sunset. <laughs> I, I, I also think she's going to win this uh, reward award as well. Um, but of course, I already used Killers of the Flower Moon, so in this category, I am going to take Julianne Moore for May, December. This was a Sundance movie, I believe. I think this is just like a real actor's movie. I think it might get a couple acting nominations. And, you know, Julianne Moore, she's been around a while. She's uh, it's time for her to get some love. I like it. She's yeah, I'm going to grants with you there. That was actually my pick as well. Doesn't seem like something I'm like super crazy about. It seems kind of like the traditional safe Oscar pick. But I feel like, you know, in the supporting actors roles in general, like a safer pick like this usually shows up. So I don't feel too bad grabbing something like this. I agree with you there. All right, moving on to best actor. Again, we're going to be doing two picks for these. We'll just start with one pick right off the bat and I'll get us started. I'm going to go Jeffrey Wright in American fiction. I don't know a ton about this movie. Um, I do know it is a movie from Cord Jefferson and it's the first time he's ever directed anything, directorial debut, premiered at TIFF um, and won the People's Choice Award. A lot of people are claiming Jeffrey Wright performance. I'm just excited to, to check it out and uh, 
for me, this was just like what movies have like are not probably going to get nominated anywhere else. And, and I went Jeffrey Wright. That's a good pick. I like that. Jackson, what's your fifth, first pick? Yeah, so my first pick here is going to be Bradley Cooper for Maestro. It feels like one of the safer bets for him. He does prosthetics. He does a fat suit, apparently. It's a biopic. <laughs> I, I think it's checking all the boxes. I think the Academy loves Bradley Cooper. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty safe pick there. It's, it's the uh, the payback for the uh, Stars Born tragedy as well. Exactly, exactly. Carter, who's your first pick? Not Bradley Cooper. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. I am going also with Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction, actually. He plays this author who's like pissed off because like his movie his book is not getting as much acclaim as another book and i think it's also a comedy so i think it's kind of like a probably a dramatic comedy um but yeah it's a won the tiff. comedy drama. yeah it's a satire yeah hmm. we love it um so it, yeah it won the tiff people's choice prize um i think it's a winky wink uh performance for jeffrey wright and that'd be so fun to see jeffrey wright get a nomination it's great does and not I get think- enough love yeah, and again with Best Actor, there's always one where like one swoops in, and you're like, I've never heard of that movie. Bill Nye of Living last year was that for <laughs> me, which is kind of cool. And I I did some uh, I was like looking around, and I was like, I looked at the last eleven TIFF winners that were nominated uh, that won this award, and the last eleven were nominated for Best Picture, and all of those had a uh, an actor or actress involved in the, in that movie as well that was nominated. So hoping we keep it 12 years. And, that's uh, some data that makes me smile, Carter. I like that. That's for us, buddy. <laughs> Cody, who's your first pick? My first pick, I'm going to go with uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon. I really haven't been seeing like a ton of crazy buzz around his performance specifically, but I just really trust me some Joaquin. I think this guy's <laughs> going to go all out in this performance. I think this movie was made for him. What is this costume you have on? This is my uniform. I led the French victory at Toulon. What is your name? Napoleon. Has the course of my life just changed? Napoleon. I'm destined for greatness. But those in power will only see me as a sword. I suggest you take the throne as a king. Shall we vote? If you're gonna trust somebody in the best actor category who is is kind of on the, the fringe currently, it, it's smart to go with Joaquin. And you know what, Cody? If he gets nominated for Bo is Afraid, we'll give you the points for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll that's take just, it. That's just for you. How generous. <laughs> yeah, what a nice guy. <laughs> My second pick for best actor is going to be Coleman Domingo. Um, I constantly love the work that he does, and I think this is, like, finally his time. Uh, it's in the movie Rustin, which I believe... Is that on your team, Carter? Or did it you is. drop it? It is no, on your I, team. So. Uh, I kept it, yep. Held on to that. Uh, that's a Netflix movie as well. So this will be their big, you know, best actor campaign. And um, I, he, he is literally great in, in everything that he's in. And, and um, I'm really excited to see this movie. So an epic demonstration in our nation's capital, organized in eight weeks. Do this, Dr. King. Own your power. There's one person who can organize an event of this scale. The hell would buy Rustin? His attention-grabbing antics make him an easy target. 
Let's not mention the unmentionable. Our new offices. On demonstration made up of angelic troublemakers such as yourselves. Make sure you are there. On August 28th, black, white, young, old, rich, working class, poor, will descend on Washington, D.C. Also, he's playing a real life person. So it's that thing as well. It's easy. I'll actually bounce right back at you too, because my second pick is also Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Um, kind of echoing everything you said. He's just a really good actor. It seems like a perfect role for this category. Important biopic about an important person in history. Um, so yeah, it seems like a shoe in for me as well. I'm going to jump on that train because I also have Coleman Domingo for uh, one of my best actor picks. Uh, like you said, biopic about a true person. It's the guy who helped organize the March on Washington. Uh, but he was kind of put to the side in history because he was a gay man as well. So I think that's kind of like the perfect storm of uh, Oscar circumstances for him. And I hope he, he gets his spotlight there. Let me just hop on the caboose of this train. <laughs> uh, Coleman well, Domingo for me as well. Had to support yeah. my uh, pick in the draft. All the reasons you said, Jackson. Uh, it's the perfect it's the perfect whirlwind of a movie that the Oscars would would eat up. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and I hope he is again. It's a really competitive category. I uh, hope I hope he gets it. It'd be really cool. Do we think that we actually picked the winner here? Do we think because I don't know. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Leo, too. So I yeah. I, I don't know. I feel um, like the Leo Killian <laughs> battle. Yeah, the, is the, the Killian. True. Yeah. Coleman could sneak in there. I don't know. It could be a. I don't know. It could be an Olivia Coleman situation where it's the wife star is born. No, we're going with the favorite. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see for sure. Shout out to the wife. Shout out to the wife. Best actress. Speaking of speaking of that best actress, Carter, take it away. Uh, I'll throw my first pick out here and go with Sandra Holler from anatomy of a fall. A lot of buzz about this movie. And I, I picked it here in actress because obviously she's getting a lot of love. There's apparently some love for her also in supporting actress for zone of interest as well. So it could be, it could be a double nom year for her, which is fun. Last person to do that was scar Joe for Jojo shout out, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's a French film. There's always a wild card in these acting categories, as I mentioned, and the Academy is becoming more international as we've, as we've seen from parasite on they're getting more inclusive. And we've seen movies like worst person in the world and drive my car, like, get in here. And I think it's about time for an actor or an actress to get in here in, in some of the love. So I think if you see this movie pop up in screenplay or director, or some people have, have put in there, I think it could, uh, could have a chance here. So Sandra Holler is my first pick for best actress. I think this category is extremely wide open and I agree with the Sandra Holler pick um, for the exact same reason of like, not even necessarily just, she might get a double nom, even if she doesn't get a double nom, I feel like it's just that appreciation of like, you were great in two things this year. We're yeah. going to award you because of it. And to me, I think best actress just has a little bit more room for her to get rewarded. Corbin, so far we are. Uh, we're out, we're all over the acting. <laughs> we're all over the, the lead acting right now. It's great. Cody, what do you think here? For me, I'm going to start it off with uh, Natalie Portman in uh, May, December, which was mentored along with uh, Julianne Moore. Like you're saying, I think this this is going to be kind of just an actress is taking over the entire movie in a sense. You got two, I mean, very, very interesting and just like really good actors at the forefront. Julianne Moore may still show a little bit, but uh, I think this, this category is weird. I didn't know which direction to go. And this is a good pick, I think, because 
May, December probably won't get a ton of noms elsewhere, but I like Natalie Portman's odds a lot. So I'm going to slot her in my first spot. Jackson, what are you taking here? For my first slot for best actress, I am going to go with uh, Greta Lee for Past Lives. This seems like a really strong choice. I want to see this movie so bad. Like this is one that I'm like most anticipating to be available for me to check out. I know it's been out for a little bit, but it just looks great. I I don't think it's uh it, it feels like a I don't know people are calling it like the modern like in the mood for love, which is kind of like a big sell for me personally. Um, and I really want to check this movie out. So. I also picked Greta Lee uh, for my second best actress pick here. I think this movie like really rides on her shoulders and she is yeah. so good in it. Um, the moments of silence and the moments just like pure emotion on her face. Like the final shot of the film is just kind of utterly heartbreaking. And it's all because of her. So I, I really would love to see her get a, a nom here. Cody, what are you thinking? My second pick, I'm actually going a different direction here. I'm going to go uh, Carrie Mulligan and Maestro. Um, so obviously the Bradley Cooper, you know, directed and starring joint. I like the female star here to take over the show though. Um, Carrie Mulligan, I feel like she hasn't been working a ton of recently that I've seen her and stuff in obviously like drive and, you know, the great Gatsby about a decade ago, she was, she was working pretty solid, but <laughs> I don't know. I've heard good buzz. Maestro seems like a, a big time Oscar bait. And if Bradley kind of isn't, you know, the main guy and, and still the show stealer, I think uh, Carrie Mulligan can come here and, and get it on pretty easily. It looks like a really powerful story from her perspective as well. Let so me bounce off that. Well. Yeah, I'll yeah. bounce off that because uh, that's where I went as well, Cody. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and Maestro. Again, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's that. This is what this movie is shaping up to be in my eyes. <laughs> uh, it feels like the movie that's going to get a ton of nominations and not a, a lot of wins. Um. So, so yeah, and just playing a person that was real love that love that on my resume and obviously she has a uh more tragic story than leonard bernstein probably and i'm interested to see her personify that and um yeah i went with uh carrie mulligan like it jackson finish us off yeah for my uh second best actress pick i went with uh fantasia barino for the color purple um, I, I'm a little nervous just because you guys have said it's like an ensemble cast. You don't know who's going to go where, but, uh, yeah, I've heard good things and I'm just going to go with the pack there and, uh, throw that one out there. I love it. Yeah. That's just, if I had seen them, if I've seen the movie, I'd be like, oh yeah, she's for sure the lead. I think mm-hmm. she'll be the, I think she'll be the lead. That's what people have said. So I'm going to, I'm going to trust the people, you know, trust the people, buddy. I love it. <laughs> Hopefully it comes out. I really, I mean, like. Cars said earlier, the, the trailer yeah. dropped, so it's most likely, and I feel like it's not like none of the actors are super well known, so they don't have to like sell it on that fact alone. Mm-hmm. Um, they can sell it more. Name Coleman Domingo, he's back. Moving on to our final category, best picture. We each have two picks left. Jackson, why don't you get us started? What do you take yeah. here virtually? I'm starting off with the holdovers. It's one that's shown up in a bunch of categories. So I, f- I feel pretty confident now that I'm throwing it into best picture. Cause I feel like you don't really uh, get nominated for the other stuff. If you're not also getting thrown in for best picture, it doesn't seem like one that's like really up my uh, interest. Like it seems like an academic, like student teacher kind of movie with like Paul Giamatti, which is like a super weird sell, but like the people are liking it. So. Well, it's like a, Bad Dead Poets Society, kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. 
but there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. You just earned yourself a detention, sir. Being here with you is already one big detention. Son of a bitch, that's another detention! Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer. My father's to take you dead. You don't tell a boy that's been left behind at Christmas? That nobody wants him? What's wrong with you? There's nobody here, okay? So you stay out of my way, and I'll stay out of yours. Let me sleep in the Now, most of the kids dislike you, pretty much hate you. Teachers, too. You know that, right? I find the world a bitter and complicated place, and it seems to feel the same way about me. I think you and I have this in common. I don't think I've ever had a real family Christmas like this before. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. <laughs> No. I don't know. I've heard the performances are pretty good, though. So so maybe that'll be enough to elevate it. Cody, what do you think here? My first pick, uh, I've held on to this for a very long time. I'm going poor things. Um, again, I mean, you guys all have obviously all taken it off the board already, I believe. Um, it's probably going to get nominated for everything you guys picked it in. And I would definitely think it's getting nominated for Best Picture. Just looks crazy. And I'm excited to see it. I really want to take Ruffalo as well in Supporting Actor, but... I feel like, again, it's free points. That's all I'm going for. That's my strategy, if you guys can't tell, is take the obvious ones, because I feel like I tried to finesse it in years past, but you just got to take what's there sometimes. So, yeah, Poor Things is an easy one. There's a movie that Carter and I both have yet to pick, so I have a feeling we we, we might uh, match up here, and I'm going to start us off with Barbie. Uh, I, I feel like the Oscars can't not re reward the Oppenheimer, the Barbenheimer craze, um, obviously I already took Oppenheimer and I'm, I'm going to go Barbie here. Best picture. Well, you showed, you showed my hand. Uh, I was going to save it for last given my background, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and throw it out here. Um, yes, I'm also going with Barbie. It's the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday. And so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Yeah. You guys ever think about dying? <laughs> When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower Ooh. Falling off my roof ah! And my heels are on the ground <gasps> Bless me! It's just, it's, it's obvious. I think it, I don't think it, I don't know this chances of it winning, but obviously the phenomenon and I, I, but I at least right now, I think that the, uh, the former of the Barbenheimer or the, the latter of the Oppenheimer is going to maybe take home the gold here. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Mm, bold prediction. I like it. I'm not going to call my shot on that one though. I'm still going with uh, <laughs> Lily Gladstone. Not yet. There's a <laughs> lot my, of months. There's a lot that's of my months. shot. Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. For pick. my uh, final best picture, I got to go with American fiction just like, cause Carter said that it won TIFF, which mathematically means it'll probably get into the, best picture slot and from what i read it sounds pretty cool it's like about this writer who is kind of upset with how uh black tropes are being utilized for white consumption and he kind of leans into it and 
makes like a, a book under a pen name and like leans into the satire of, of black tropes and it gets a little out of hand and is wacky and weird. And um, I hear Sterling K. Brown is in it and is very good. And I don't know. It seems like a very, very fun movie that people seem to like. So maybe it'll be like the triangle of sadness of the best picture category this year. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, me and Jackson on a similar wavelength. I think I'm hunting for that eight, nine, ten spot here. Um, but I'm gonna go something you guys have talked about a ton. I've gone with the zone of interest. Nice. I like Jonathan Glazer's kind of you know directorial record so far, and I think he could sneak in here at the end. Um, like you guys were saying, the plot sounds like not interesting. I feel like from you know just on the surface perspective, but just the way they're going into the story, I think is really cool. So. Yeah, I think um, if I hit this, I have a good chance to win, I feel like. But if I miss this, I'm probably going to get last. So I'm just, I'm going all out this year, boys. <laughs> and me that. too, Cody. I'm taking the zone of interest in, in no best way. picture. Nice. Um, like he, I mean, it's been nominated all over the place. I think this is like the big international pick in best picture. Um, it's also like maybe the all quiet on the Western front, big war time epic that, that kind of slips in. So I'm taking it here. Carter last one um this is a nice one to leave off of because i saw it very early in the year and i loved it and i hoped that it would be in the awards conversation and it still has its legs so i'm going for past lives here in best picture also kind of feels like in the seven eight nine ten spot there's a word in korean inyon it means providence or fate do you believe in that that's just something Koreans say to seduce someone. What a good story this is. Childhood sweethearts who reconnect 20 years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. Shut up. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? Hands off! Wow, Dota. Wow. 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 Now I'm really sure how to feel about it, son. And the way you move makes me feel like I can't live without you. Okay. The guy flew 13 hours to be here. I'm not gonna tell you that you can't see him or something. I think the screenplay is adored. I think the performances are adored, and I I, I don't know if it's gonna get the love it deserves in other categories, but I think it's just the quiet A24 pick that they are going to campaign hard given when we get down the stretch. And again, it's, it stood, it stood the test of time a little bit over the, the coming months. So I hope it sneaks in there. It's one that like when it released, everyone was like, is this, is this the best picture winner? Like, is this we, it? have we seen it right now? So <laughs> um, I hope it has the legs to at least get the nomination. Yep. Oppenheimer though. I mean, I don't know. There, there's there's some huge movies this year, and it, it's crazy even without Dune uh, how many big movies there are. Big race. Well, guys, we've done it. I'm going to recap the picks for us. Uh, so bear with me here. 
And best documentary, I selected Kokomo City. Carter selected Little Richard, I Am Everything. And Cody selected American Symphony. Jackson selected The Deepest Breath. And best international, I selected The Teacher's Lounge. Carter selected Perfect Days. Cody selected Anatomy of a Fall. And Jackson selected The Zone of Interest. And best makeup and hairstyling, I picked Maestro. Carter picked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Cody picked The Color Purple. And Jackson also selected Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In production design, I selected Poor Things. Carter took Napoleon. Cody took Barbie. And Jackson also took Barbie. In costume design, I took The Color Purple. Carter also took The Color Purple. Cody took Ferrari. And Jackson took Napoleon. In best sound, I took Ferrari. Carter took The Bike Riders, Cody took Oppenheimer, and Jackson took The Killer. In Best Visual Effects, Cody and I both selected Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Carter and Jackson both selected The Creator. For Best Editing, I selected The Holdovers, Cody selected Saltburn, Carter selected Oppenheimer, and Jackson took Air. In Best Original Score, we all picked Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. For Best Cinematography, Cody and I both picked The Killer. Carter and Jackson both picked Saltburn. For Best Animated, we all picked The Boy and the Heron. For best screenplay, I took Saltburn, Carter took The Holdovers, Cody took Past Lives, Jackson took Anatomy of a Fall. For best adapted screenplay, I took Origin, as well as Cody also took Origin, and Carter took All of Us Strangers, and Jackson took Poor Things. For best director, Cody and I both took Martin Scorsese's for Killer of the Flower Moon. Jackson also selected Martin Scorsese for Killer of the Flower Moon, and Carter took Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest. In Best Supporting Actor, Jackson and I both selected Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Carter took Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, and Cody took Tom Hardy in The Bike Riders. For Best Supporting Actress, Cody took Devine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. Carter took Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon. Jackson and I both selected Julianne Moore in May, December. For Best Actor, Carter and I both selected Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Cody took Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon. And Jackson took Bradley Cooper for Maestro. And we all selected Coleman Domingo for Rustin. For Best Actress, Carter and I both picked Sandra Holler for Anatomy of a Fall. Cody picked Natalie Portman for May of December. Jackson and I both picked Greta Lee for Past Lives. And Carter and Cody both picked Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. And Jackson took Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple. For Best Picture, Carter and I both selected Barbie. Cody picked four things. Jackson took The Holdovers and American Fiction. Cody took The Zone of Interest, and I also took The Zone of Interest, and Carter took Past Lives. We got through it, guys. What a recapping of the teams. Wow. How does everyone feel? Carter, you start. Are you happy uh, in comparison to everyone else? In comparison to everyone else, I think everyone did a great job. I, I, I don't see a lot of like, oh, there's no ways. Only like a few here and there, but for the Call most part. Who? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't know about Tom Hardy, but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for the for but then for the most part, I think it's air a wide editing. open race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like air, dude. Air's underrated. But for the most part, I mean, I think everyone did a solid job. I uh, am a little scared because I don't see a lot of places where I could uh, break through, or I see a lot of places where I could fall apart. So it's, it's, it's I, exciting. I think, like looking at the areas that we overlapped i think it's going to be a really tight race and there's just going to it's going to come down to one or two uh very pivotal decisions probably in the technical categories more than anything jackson how do you think you you did now that you've seen everybody's picks i think i did pretty good guys i'm not gonna lie i feel pretty confident you're shitting on air which is fine aaron air was a throwaway we can have a throwaway every now and then i feel pretty good about everything else though cody you've you've gotten last two years in a row is this the year you finally break through (laughs) <laughs> the disrespect um i'm gonna make a bold prediction i'm not getting last year this year boys 
Who is? I'm not getting first, but I'm not getting last. So who's getting like last in your opinion? Ooh, I mean, I, not to throw you out on the bus there, Jackson. <laughs> He's new. Um, I think. Hey, um, man, you, guys, you get a one-year probation. Even if you lose, it's okay. <laughs> okay, you get one year. I mean, I I wouldn't say Carter. I would say. I don't know. Corbin, it's going like to be Corbin. really tight. It's going to be Corbin. very close. We're on like the same wavelength half the time. So I feel bad saying him because I'm just making fun of my own team too. So. <laughs> yeah, you and I, I, I think, agreed the most, Cody. Yeah. Definitely. It'll uh, be interesting. I, I agree with Corbin. I think it, it'll be a lot closer this year than it was last year. And that's all we can ask for. So Hell yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, in a few months, we will be doing another episode where we uh, release the Oscar nominees. We're going to have to hire a new host since Jackson's moved on to competitor, but we, we've got a couple months to figure it out. <laughs> One last thing before we finish up here, I wanted to ask each of you guys, what are your top five movies so far this year? Just a little check-in. Oh, Give you guys a chance oh, to pull geez. up the old letterbox, see, see what Unprepared. you think. I, I can get us started just to give you guys Please. a chance. Please do. Coming in at number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which as a guy who like has like kind of been out on superhero movies for the past two years and like have really not shown any interest in the MCU and I thought I was done, I was over it. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I really loved. It was great. I was really glad uh, that James Gunn got the chance to kind of finish that trilogy out on a good note. I'm not really sure anything else in the MCU going forward is going to be uh, up to this level of par, but we will see. Uh, number four is Bottoms, which I think I talked about with you guys uh, last week. Definitely recommend go checking, going to check that out if you haven't seen it yet, um, as it's continuing to open wider and wider. Number three, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, a movie I saw very early in the year um, that is definitely available to watch digitally now. Really important. It's 2022, uh, I think. Well, yeah, technically. Mm, gotcha. It released in theaters in 2023. You can, you can call <laughs> it a, a festival. It was like some small, tiny festival. It's, a, it's Marcel. That's my take. Mm. And, and Marcel was nominated to the Oscar. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Uh, number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, of course, was number one for a really long time. But of course, it was overtaken by Oppenheimer. Uh, one of the best movies that I've uh, seen in a really long time. And uh, I think will win five or more Oscars. <laughs> Carter, what's your top five? Uh, my number five uh, is a small movie called A Thousand and One. Uh, saw a long nice. time ago, um, and I just really loved the, the 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 story. I liked the 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 setting of the story. I liked the twist that happens at the end of the story, and just a lovely tale about like you know, kind of how the the span of a, a young black kid's life in in New York. So I enjoyed that very much. Number four was the most. Fun, I think I've had in a theater all year. That's theater camp. Uh, just so funny. Again, as a recovering theater kid, hits hard. All the jokes landed with me. It was just a blast. Everyone was laughing in the theater. Another great theater experience was Barbie at number three. Just, just lovely to see just everyone just coming together, laughing and crying together. And uh, number two, Across the Spider-Verse, for all the reasons we have said, as Cody said, just and Corbin, uh, I... You guys got to change your names. Um, that's my number two. <laughs> Work on that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, number one, I'll echo Corbin's sentiments. Oppenheimer was my favorite movie so far this year. But I'm willing to be dethroned. I'm willing for that to be changed. I'm excited to see Killers of the Flower. Movie. Wonka. There's time. <laughs> Wonka. <laughs> Jackson, what do you think? I got a preface. I haven't seen a lot of the Oscar bait movies yet. So this is mostly the fun ones. 
Uh, at number five, I have Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Hell yeah. Really fun. I was so shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Like, I think the sleepers t- that like completely surprised me tend to go higher ranked uh, when my expectations are exceeded. Uh, at number four, I have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. I binged the Mission Impossibles uh, this year and it was truly super fun. Uh, Unlike the X, the Fast Furious uh, franchise, this was way more uh, palpable for me and super fun. Uh, sad theater uh, turnout, unfortunately. At number three, I have Across the Spider Verse, super great. Number two, I have Barbie, and at number one, I have Oppenheimer. Cody, what do you got? Very good picks all around, I would say. Uh, same preface with me as Jackson. I haven't seen all the Oscar bait yet, so mine is very uh, mainstream and blockbuster here. My five, I don't know. I don't know. I could go. I'll probably go Barbie. I did actually just watch Theater Camp. It was a couple of days ago, and I did like it a lot. I think that's that's a big time honorable mention on my list. But uh, Barbie, I think just the impact that it had. Uh, it's got a crack in the top five for me. At four, I've been thought about this movie a lot until uh, Jackson brought it up. I really like Air. Uh, shout out. It's fun. Don't let Corbin, you know, rig on your picture around here, especially when they're good movies um Viola Davis is awesome I love her in that uh then my top three it's the same just a little bit shuffled around I'm going Guardians 3 myself at number three I mean big comic book guy and I didn't really like Guardians volume two so I thought this was a big time step up for the franchise (laughs) I know Jackson likes that movie and that soundtrack I'll defend that movie man it's great (laughs) ego his powerpoint presentation is the best uh number two uh you guys might like might not like this I'm going Oppenheimer at two and in it across the spider-verse at one that's fair i really love across the spider-verse uh i'd be surprised if, if anything even in, in this oscar bait dethrones that for my number one of the year nice. um yeah pretty good movie pretty good movie year so far but i think obviously uh it's gonna get a lot better as as we get to the the oscar bait season lots of good movies in those top fives i, I mean i would say they all are like within my my top 15 so um really good choices all around cody you saw theater camp recently and you, you didn't seem as big of a fan of it. What's, what's the hate, man? I mean, I just don't give everything five stars. Like, uh, like Corbin. I, no, I thought he gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> said, I'm not a slut on letterbox. Like <laughs> somebody, somebody just gives it up all the time. Man. I saw dark Knight five star. I'll be five star. Come on. No, but, uh, theater camp. I did like a lot. I think, um, Oh dude, I lose people's names, but, um, what's the main girl? Molly name? Gordon. Molly Gordon. Molly Bear. I like Molly Gordon a lot. I didn't even realize uh, that was her. In she directed um, it as well. Well, she wrote it and co-directed it, right? Co-wrote it. What's the Olivia Wilde movie, Booksmart? I didn't even realize that she was uh, the actress in Booksmart because I feel like that character is a little bit forgettable. But I think she's good in the Bear. I think she gets overhated for that and for like a directorial debut, basically uh, with this Lieberman guy. I thought it was really well directed. I thought that was kind of the standout thing, sort of um, making it a documentary in a sense um i thought it was really cool and um jimmy jimmy he's okay you know tantro uh, i'm actually one of his bigger fans going back to so American... youtube days were pretty fun yeah true I like also uh, american graffiti yeah I think that's great too. american vandal yeah well, american yeah. vandal yeah that's the, the george, american lucas. Uh, george lucas right shout out george lucas shout out. But, uh, yeah i do like theater camp i just i don't love it as much because maybe i don't relate to it as much but it's still like objectively really good i feel like well fellas thanks for coming out again uh this was a yeah. really fun competition we'll uh we won't speak again for three months and then then we'll see <laughs> for, for the reveal i can't Sounds wait great. 
Thanks for having us as always. Thank you. Where can the people check you out? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Click our link tree. Follow us on Spotify from there um, where the listens matter. But now maybe not because the viewers, the uh, listenership is now like unattainable for small creators like us. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, still listen to us. We have voices. Oh, They're cool. Go to Spotify and check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could hear Cody two weeks in a row. Lots of, lots exactly, of, yeah. out there. I don't know if that's a good stuff. I might want to skip those episodes, but everything else. Draft maniac over there. Coming in. Shout out. I don't know. You know, Cody brought him up, but speaking of the Finch, man, we're covering seven this week on the pod. Mm -hmm. So go Mm -hmm. check it out. Listen to our little recap of seven. Could be fun. So shout out the Finch, man. David Fassbender, not in the film. (laughs) Sad. Disappointed. Kevin Spacey, though. Big fan. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Hey, Kevin. Eh, fuck Kevin Spacey.